You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. As you find your way in this morning, let me just tell you that it's great to see you. Got our children coming in. If you're like me, you're thankful for a 1015 service so we could enjoy the cool weather and sleep in a little bit. We're kind of um, thankful that way that we have a little bit later service. If you're our guest this morning, we want to extend a special welcome to you. There's a connection card in the pew in the back of the seat. If you will fill that out, take it to the welcome counter in the back. They have a special gift for you. So just really excited to be here. Um, After Jesus' death, Peter was explaining to the Israelites the utter significance of Jesus' life and what he did. And after he finished telling them that, um, it tells us in Acts 2.42 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And that's what we do when we gather each Sunday at Cypher Christian Church. From the very beginning, the apostles believed it, they taught it, and we're still doing that today in remembrance. So thank you for being here to do that and share it with us this morning got a couple of announcements to share with you. Um, Continuing October Appreciation Month for pastors, there are prayer cards in the back of your pew. If you take one of those out, we encourage you to take one home. It's just a really great guide of things to pray for our pastor for. And there's also cards in the back of your pew that are blank, and we encourage you to take one of those cards. Fill it out. Let your pastors know how much they mean to you, if they've touched your life in some way, which obviously they do, um, to let them know how much they're loved and appreciated. Adopted Teacher, um, that program has ended, but your participation has just really impacted the teachers and staff at Broadway, and we want to say thank you for everybody who participated in that endeavor. It's really been great. Our Fall Festival is coming up October 27th in your bulletin. It's going to be a community-wide event. There's so much going on at the festival. There's food, there's games, there's jumpy things. So bring your kids, come, have fun. There's going to be people come from all over the community. So we also need volunteers. There's an opportunity on our website and in the foyer in the back to sign up to help volunteer. You can run a snow cone machine. You can do um, a team for a chili cook-off. So lots of fun things. And you'll find you'll meet a lot of people doing these events. Um, We're also doing trunk or treat. And we encourage you to bring all the kiddos and costumes. And it's just going to be a really, really great time. We have a blood drive coming up on October 20th. It's going to be in the gym. So um, that's a really great opportunity to help save lives. Jennifer Leonard leads that endeavor for us and her email is in your bulletin so take a bulletin home read through it find a way to get plugged in at cocc you will not regret it at this time i'd like to turn it over to robert hanrads this is a uh, a little bit of a special thing that we're going to do here now this is um, the month that we pay particular attention to the pastors in our church the full-time staff and there are lots of ways that we can show appreciation. We do not want to be consumers of our staff. We do not want to take them for granted. They are wonderful people that have laid their lives out for the Lord, leading a church, leading Cypher. And so we're so thankful for that. But right now, we'd like to just pay a little bit of attention to the full-time staff wives too, because of course they 
play a very special part in the life of this church and, in, of course, in the lives of their husbands. Gents, would you please bring your wives forward? Jen- Dale, Jennifer, Cody, please come forward. I, kn- I know that Lauren's not with us this morning. She's not feeling too good. Kevin, Paige. Paige, there you are. And so when you're, when you're part of a church like this and when you lay down that part of your life for such a significant amount of years in a vocation of full-time ministering to a flock of a church, it, uh, it's unique in terms of its demand, in terms of its perspective, when you compare it to other professions that people can do. It's personal. It's, a, it's, it's directive towards a personal relationship with Christ and its direction is pointing people to Christ. That's it. But they pour themselves into that. And having been on the Elder Board now for three years, I understand that in a way that I didn't appreciate as much before. And so again, thank you to the full-time staff. But of course, that's part of the picture. Their wives have got their backs in a way that we don't see. And you can imagine as much as there are blessings as being in the head of a church like that, there is also um, struggles. There are ups and downs. There's undoubtedly times when these guys come home and uh, need uplifting. And their wives have been supporting, their wives have been, they're, they're beautiful people, not just these men, but the church in, the, in their, their, what they do for the ministry here. So we wanted to give a particular thank you to the ladies in these gentlemen's lives. Thank you. And magically, I think some gifts are going to appear stage left. Ah. Thank you so much again. These baskets were prepared by Ladies Bible Studies, two groups, Monday and Tuesday. Thank you, Carol. You're awesome. Thank you, Ladies, um, ladies Bible Study groups. What a wonderful thing. Fantastic. Romans 15. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with each other in accord with Jesus Christ that together you may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we, do, uh, we are humbled, Lord, that we uh, can come before you. We kneel humbly before you now in this moment and we recognize uh, these folks here that have given their lives over in in a way uh, that is full-time to your ministry, Lord. We are full-time believers, but it is such an encouragement to see uh, that men and their wives participating in the glory of Christ through this church, and and we thank you for that. We praise your name, Jesus, and uh, we just offer our thanks to you. Amen. So good to see you guys today. In your bulletin, um, over the last few weeks, you've seen this piece of paper at the top. It just says elders at CFCC. I hope you've read this. 
I hope that you are considering being a part of our elder selection process. This is the part you would play. You would ask God, pray, and ask God to lead you to see, to recognize another person in our body that you believe meets the qualifications of an elder and who you believe would be a great leader, spiritual leader in our church. Um, We want you to take part in this process. Um, We want your input. And so you simply begin praying about it. You don't fill it out today and place it in the box in the back. You pray about it. You ask the person that God may put on your heart. You ask them if they'd be willing to serve. And if they say yes, you would then um, submit this, turn it in, and then the elders will begin and move through a set process as we select new elders. I'd like to just read two scriptures that kind of describe elders. And um, one is in the book of Acts. The apostle Paul um, realizes that his life uh, is going to get tough. And um, he's on his way, about to go to Jerusalem, and so he's in a place called Miletus, and he sends word to the elders in Ephesus, and he asks them to come to him. Now listen to these words that Paul spoke to these elders, because he's instructing them on how to care for God's church. He says, pay careful attention to yourselves, First of all, take care of your own business. Take care of yourself spiritually. Feed yourself. Care for yourself. Pay special attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. The role of an elder is a shepherding role. Uh, It is a spiritual role. The Holy Spirit, Paul says, has made you overseers. So you're a part of a spiritual process where we seek God's leadership and where our elders go through a selection process and determine, seek to hear from God and determine who the next leaders will be, new leaders will be in this body. Paul goes on. He says, I know that after my departure, and if you don't think it's serious business in Paul's eyes, listen to this. For I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock. You see, elders care for sheep when they're herding. Elders feed sheep. We're feeders of the sheep. And we're protectors of the flock. It's very clear in this passage, is it not? 
Let me read Peter's words. We see what Paul says. Listen to what Peter says. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed Here's what you're to do. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Shepherds, elders, pastors, um, take part in this process. Pray. Ask God to show you men among us who might be um, future shepherds, elders, in this body. You know, it is a privilege to serve as an elder, to serve as a pastor uh, on your staff. And one reason God led me to Cypher, this is very clear, one reason he led me to Cypher, one of two, um, was because we're an elder-led church. Uh, We are a star-struck society. The last thing we need leading our churches are superstars. We need shepherds. Shepherds. And I'm privileged to be one among many of your shepherds. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we are your flock in this place. We gather in this place, 9730 Grant Road. Father, we ask that you would guide us in this elder selection process. Father, I thank you for the shepherds um, that have gone before me. Father, the, the men who have sacrificed, the men who have cared for the flock. Uh, the men uh, who have fed the flock and protected the flock. Uh, Father, what a privilege to be a part of this, your people in this place. Uh, Father, I thank you that um, we are your people and we all need shepherding. Uh, Father, we, we thank you We thank you for calling us here. And Father, now we ask that you would bless all that we give as an act of worship, that you may bless all that we give for your kingdom and for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. My uh, my name is Daniel Torres. This is my son, Michael. Um, he had the opportunity to go uh, hiking in the, uh, in the mountains this summer and made some, uh, some important decisions about his life. And one of them was uh, he wanted to reaffirm his, uh, his faith in Christ and uh, be uh, baptized. So, Michael, repeat after me. I believe, I believe 
That Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And my personal Lord and Savior. And my personal Lord and Savior. since we talked, I was, you know, was kind of hoping you'd answer, but um, yeah, I understand that you probably don't want to talk to me. I've just gone so far, and the things I've done, I, I just regret it, you know? And I know how bad I've hurt you and let you down, but, but Dad, I, I miss you. I miss how we drive around and just talk about life. And I just, I just want to come home. But I know you've probably written me off. I can't blame you, actually. Here's, here's, here's the thing. It's kind of a shot in the dark, but I'm, uh, I'm coming through town soon and like to see you. I know I can't just show up at the front door like I used to, but but if you want to see me, just hang a small sheet out on the porch. And if the sheet isn't there, when I drive by, I'll keep going and, and I'll try not to bother you anymore. I love you, Dad. Well, good morning. Good to see you all. Good to see you and to be with you here this morning, to worship with you this morning. I'm really excited about um, today and the message today. Uh, again, I think with that video, we could probably just all say amen and walk out of here. That's the picture of the God who's waiting for us, who's watching for us on the horizon. And, uh, and we've been learning about the prodigal these past few weeks, and we are finishing out our sermon series here today on finding your way back to God. Um, you know, I was thinking in preparation for this sermon series, uh, back in 2016, my family, we went on, I took our kids on a surprise trip to Disney World. And man, it was so awesome. Actually, prior to that trip, though, I, I don't know if I was depressed or if I was just down. I was really struggling during that time. It had been a long time since I had really, you know, um, felt alive, honestly. Um, just, just having a really hard time. And preparing for that trip and planning for that trip and getting ready for that trip and then going to the happiest place on earth was awesome. It was so much fun. We had a blast, and I finally sort of felt excited about something and, and just really, really alive, you know? My wife and I really love roller coasters, and we were just convinced that our kids would too. 
All they had to do was just ride a bunch of roller coasters, right? And so the first one that we decided to ride was, uh, I'd done a bunch of research and I thought, you know, this is the right one to ride. It's called the Runaway Mine Train. And this would be a good one to kind of just ease them into it, you know? I'm just confident, sure, they were gonna enjoy every moment of this. And you can see on their faces in this close-up how much fun they were actually having. <laughs> they had a blast, I'm telling you. They love roller coasters. Maybe you haven't had a moment like that, but you've had moments in your life where you felt alive. You felt just like you were, um, you know, feeling every single moment. Maybe it was uh, the day that you made the team. Maybe it was uh, the day that uh, you proposed to your wife or that you were proposed to. Maybe it was your wedding day. Maybe it was when you landed the job. Maybe it was when the Strohs won the World Series. Yeah, hopefully you're going to feel that way today at about 10.30 tonight. You're going to feel alive. We love those kinds of moments. We can't get enough of those kinds of moments. And we wish they could, they could last forever. And so we have been going through this sermon series and talking about making our way back to God and making our way back ultimately to, to life. We started with awakening sort of our, our souls to this longing that there's something more for us. There's got to be something more in life than just, just work and, and just you know, going through the motions and achieving things. There's got to be more. So we were awakened to this this desire for God. And that led us to this awakening to regret. We realized that we were lost in this cycle of, of longing and then trying to fulfill it in different means and, and always coming up short and then ultimately regretting that decision, which led us to another longing, trying to satisfy it in another way, and which led us to more regret, right? And so we awakened to the fact that we needed something else and that we couldn't save ourselves. We didn't have the answers. We couldn't fulfill it on our own or at least on this earth. And so we awakened to help. We awakened to the realization that we cannot help ourselves. We need help from the Lord. And ultimately, once we found our way to him, we awakened to the fact that we are truly loved. We are loved by God, that he is a God who is, is not waiting to drop the hammer on us, but that he is a God who's watching for us to come home. He's ready to embrace us when we arrive. He's a God who loves us, and we are sons and daughters of God after all. And that leads us to our fifth and final awakening here today, which is the awakening to life. And we experienced that a little bit here this morning with, with Mikey being baptized. And we saw what it looks like to go from death to life. Baptism is that symbol of going from death to life. And we see it, the excitement, the celebration on their faces. And we see it in the faces of each one of you who are watching and applauding when that happens. And we love those kinds of moments, don't we? We love those moments. We love celebrating those moments. But the fact is, they're just moments. Unfortunately, they're fleeting. They're just moments. Have you ever felt like that you're going through life, but there's really no life going through you? You get what I'm saying? Maybe you've been there. Maybe you understand what that feels like. And so today, I want to address the question, how do we continually awaken to life? 
The prayer that we've been praying here over the last few weeks is, God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. And the prayer for for this week, if you're willing to pray this prayer, if you've been walking along this journey with us, is, God, if you're real, make yourself real to me and awaken in me the confidence that I can live a brand new life. Life. Jesus talks about life often. In the book of John, John records the words of Jesus And he says that Jesus came so that we could experience life, experience life to the full, it actually says. Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, some translations say it differently. They say abundant life or or a a rich and satisfying life. I really like that translation. So what do you think of when you think of abundant life? What are some thoughts that come to your mind when you think of living an abundant life? Just shout out some. What what was that? What was this one? Intense in all circumstances? Full of joy. Oh, content in all circumstances. Living life the way it ought to. Some others. Abundant life. What does that mean to you? A buffet. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Costco, man. Golden Corral. <laughs> that's, honestly, that's one of the things that I think of when I think of abundant life. I, th- I think of more life. I, I, think of, I think of more life. I think of... of of a, a rich and satisfying life sounding like more. More money, more satisfying relationships, more barbecue, uh, more vacations, right? Are you good with that? More vacations? When I think of abundance, I think of more. And as a, as a culture, we love the word more. In fact, marketers market this you know, in, in, everywhere, all over the place. When you're walking through the store, 25 cent more Doritos in this package. Buy this now. Value pack. If you get this, this credit card, you'll get more cash back. If you, if you buy this plane ticket, you'll get more frequent flyer miles, right? We, are, we really relate and connect with the word more. It's, it's really what we, what we think of oftentimes when we think of Abundance, But that's not what Jesus is getting at in this phrase and in what he came to communicate to us. In the New Testament, there are two words for the word life. The first word is bios, which is, of course, where we get the word biology. It it refers to the natural life. It uh, it refers to even the kind of chronological life. So an average bios life in Texas... Uh, spends about 250,000 hours of sleep. That's a lot of sleep. The average bios life in Texas eats about 29,000 meals at Whataburger. <laughs> the average bios Texan life takes about 200,000 trips to the bathroom. Now, those last two aren't related, I promise you. Well, maybe. But that's bios life. And much of it can just feel like we're going through life, but there's no life going through us. It's just sort of automated. It's really just surviving. But there's another word that is used in the New Testament for the word life, and that word is zoe. And zoe is much more 
It, it, it includes bios, but it, it's a kind of life that goes way beyond that. Bios is about quantity, you see. It's about a lot more of the same stuff. But Zoe is about the quality of life that comes from a relationship with God. Zoe is so much more than bios. It's ultimately, it refers to the eternal life that we find when we know God, the eternal life that we're made for you and I, the eternal life that we talked about in the last sermon series, the hope of heaven, right? This eternal life that you and I were made for that will never end. But Zoe life also refers to the quality of life that you and I can experience right now. So when Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Which word does he use? Does he use bios or does he use zoe? He uses zoe, the zoe life that we come to know in Jesus. Not just more of the same. When you find your way back to God, you can experience the zoe life right now. And so we've learned about the contrast between the, 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 the bios life and the zoe life in the story of the prodigal son. And, and, and we see it sort of play out. In Luke 15, chapter, uh, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 12, uh, it says, and he, he said to them, this is Jesus telling the story, there was a man who had two sons, right? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And the father, he divided his property between them. Now that word for property there is actually the word, what? Bios. Life. The father, the son basically asks for his life. So give me all that all your all your your wealth, your proper, everything that is sort of you. And the father gives it to him. He gave him his life. The father is is hoping in this story that the son will come to the realization that there's more to life than just bios, that he will come to find and and realize that there there is more in this world than than just bios. That God the Father is giving Zoe. The bios life pales in comparison to the Zoe life, life with the Father. And God doesn't want us to settle for the bios life, that kind of life. That's what this story is all about. He says you will realize that more won't fully satisfy you. That the things that you're longing for in this world won't satisfy you. He wants us to experience life to the full, not just more of the same, but eternal life and joy and happiness that we can experience right now. And so this morning, I want to take a look at three experiences the Father invites us into when we, when we start living out the Zoe life, right, in our everyday lives. So the first one I want to look at this morning is, is made apparent here in the, the prodigal son story. But there's actually two prior stories to Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24, that I really love. There's, there's the story, the parable of the lost sheep. Do you know this story? There's a shepherd. Jesus says that there is a man with 100 sheep, and he loses one. And he looks for it, and he finds it. He leaves the 99, and he goes to look for this one sheep. He leaves them all and he goes to find this one because this one is so valuable, right? He's got 99, that's great, but it's, it's not a, a, enough. This, this one completes the set and so he leaves the 99 to go find it and when he does find it, 
What does he say? He says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I found my sheep that was lost. He tells all of his friends. So then there's another story right after that. The parable of the lost sheep was the parable of the woman and the lost coin. And she loses this, this one coin, this, this one coin of you know, seemingly uh, uh, just, uh, uh, it, it just, just doesn't really matter that she lost this one single coin. And she turns her house upside down looking for this coin because it was so valuable to her. And when she finally finds it, what does she do? It says, she told all of her friends, rejoice with me, I found the coin that I had lost. And so then comes the story, our story of the lost son. Now notice, when the sheep is found, it happens. When the coin is found, it happens. When the prodigal son comes home, it happens. What is it that happens? Celebration. The word goes out. This person who lost this sheep finally found it and and just declares it to everyone. What was lost is now found. This woman who lost this coin has turned her house upside down. She was a mess because she couldn't find this coin. She finds it, and then she tells everyone, rejoice with me for what was lost is found. And the same goes for the father. He says, go get the fattened calf, go get my robe, but put the ring on it. My son that was lost is now found. And if you have found your way back to God, you have reason to celebrate. You have reason to celebrate this morning. Amen. You were lost and now you're found. You've been given a chance to make peace with your past. You've been given a chance for for hope, to look forward to a better tomorrow. You've been sealed and secured by the blood of Jesus. You have eternal life with him and your fellow believers. You have reason to celebrate this morning. You've been given a purpose. You've been given a future. And so one of the things that God invites us into when we come to know him and in the Zoe life is to celebrate. We party at the lost and found. We party together. We celebrate the joy that we find when we come to know him. If you want to embrace the Zoe life, you need to consistently celebrate the new life that you have in God when you've been found. And there's two ways that you can do this that I want to point out. There's more ways, but one of those ways is worship. What we did here this morning to come together as the brothers and sisters, as the children of God to worship and celebrate corporately the love of God in our lives. We're reflecting on our state. We were once in the miry clay as, as scripture says, that there was no way for us to save ourselves and he reached in and rescued us. And we look back on the day of our sal- salvation. We couldn't help ourselves. And so we come together as the brothers and sisters to celebrate. And I wanna tell you guys, in our culture today, you know, we've, we've really done our best to understand that worship is 24-7, haven't we? I, I, we? We really try to encourage that. But I think in today's culture, we've gotten maybe a little bit too far to the extreme. And we don't place enough value in coming together as the body of Christ. It is not only important to you in your life, your spiritual life, to come together with the body of Christ on a weekly basis and worship together. It's important for me to see you worshiping. It's important for you to see me worshiping. 
especially when we know what's going on in each other's lives. It's such, a, such an encouragement for me to see you worshiping in the midst of your struggle. And it's so important for your spiritual growth to constantly be reflecting on what God has done for you. Worship is important. If you want to experience the Zoe life, it needs to be a consistent part of your life. The second way that you can do it is through prayer, through consistently going to the Lord in prayer. You do it corporately, but you can also do it privately. Going to him and thanking him for what he's done. Reading scripture on a regular basis. If you're not doing that, I encourage you to do that. It's one of the ways in which you're going to grow as a follower of Jesus. And here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. In prayer alone, you know, by yourself or corporately with hundreds of people, whether... Regardless of where it is, God loves spending time with you. This is the crazy thing that we sort of forget is that God loves, he delights in you and wants to spend time with you. When you invite him into your life, he delights in it. Zephaniah 3.17. If you've never heard this verse, I love it. The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one who will save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Is that not a beautiful passage of scripture? The the Lord God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, delights in you. He takes delight in you when you invite him into your life. It's life-giving to our souls. Celebrating is the first experience that helps us live a Zoe kind of life. And so let's talk about the second way that we can experience the Zoe kind of life. There's a a researcher by the name of Edward Hallowell who works at Harvard Medical School. And he, along with his researchers, discovered that the two most powerful and meaningful experiences in life are one, achieving, reaching, and accomplishing a goal is one of the most meaningful experiences that we can have in life. And the second most meaningful experience that we can have in life is connecting. Connecting and relating to someone in a significant way. After tons of research, this is what they've discovered. And according to Hallowell, our society is becoming more and more obsessed with achieving while at the same time becoming bankrupt at connecting. Any of you you see that? Any of you see that happening? Achieving is not bad, but the research shows that it's no substitute for connecting. So here's the thing. People who excel at, at achieving but fail at connecting with others, they still end up as unhappy people. No matter how many things they're accomplishing, no matter how many things that, uh, goals they're achieving, they still end up as unhappy people if they fail at connecting. But people, in contrast, who prioritize connecting, here's the interesting thing, people who prioritize connecting in meaningful experiences, in, in sorry, meaningful relationships, regardless if they're good at achieving Regardless if they're accomplishing any goal, people who prioritize those meaningful relationships still report life as being fulfilling. Isn't that interesting? And yet we have them so backwards. No one on their deathbed has said, you know what? I wish I'd have spent more time in the office. (laughs) 
You, I, I, be, I would be willing to say that you can't fully experience the Zoe kind of life without connecting with people around you. And so when we connect with Christ followers, we discover that we're better together. This is, again, kind of gets to what I was saying about worshiping together. It's so important for us. Man, our church is not the same without you and you and you and you. I promise you. We were talking about, the elders were talking about this just this past week, that our church is better with each and every one of you. And we are better together. Our new life with God, we need encouragement and we need accountability. We're really afraid of that word, but it's a good word. It's so healthy for us. And we need those things to grow and to flourish as children of God. And so here's here's what I want to point out here this morning is that while gatherings like this are really good, it's really great to come together in a large group like this and celebrate. Large gatherings like this are perfect for that. But unfortunately, they're not really good for connecting. You can worship in a large gathering. You can worship with, you can go to Passion and worship with 80,000 college students, but you're not going to be able to really connect with them. The way that you're going to connect with people is in smaller subsets. We call those here life groups. And we really urge people, I, I, I say, you may have seen the, the images on the screen, that we encourage you to go from pews to circles, because it's what's healthy for you to grow and to flourish as a Christ follower. We have lots of life groups that just kicked off. This is actually, I think, the second week that they've, they've started, and it is not too late. If you are not in a life group, I, you're missing out on part of what God offers you as the Zoe life. And I encourage you to get involved in one. We have men's ministries. We have women's ministries. They meet all throughout the week at different times, at different places, over different topics with different teachers. I mean, there is one for you. We even have a couple of groups that are just affinity groups, guys that get together and play basketball. But at least you're, you're connecting on a, on, on a kind of a starter level. I really encourage you to get involved in a life group. The Father wants us to know and experience his love through each other. I was telling somebody the other day, um, just the other day, that, that while there's been a couple of moments that I can point to where I feel like God audibly you know, spoke to me, that 99.9% of the time that he speaks to me is through others around me. And if I'm not with other Christ followers, being vulnerable and bearing you know, my heart, then that's not going to happen. He wants us to know and experience his love through each other. I read, I read weird stuff. And I read just uh, a couple of weeks ago about something called, are you ready? This is your word for the day. A murmuration. You know what a murmuration is? You've seen them. You've seen a murmuration. You've seen them in the sky. There are flocks of birds that swoop and dive together, sometimes hundreds, sometimes thousands. Starlings are the most sort of awe-inspiring because they can flock together in hundreds of thousands. Schools of fish do them and bees swarm, and it's awe-inspiring, isn't it? When you see them over a field just bobbing and weaving almost as like one uh, a creature, by, you know, a singular creature in harmony. It's absolutely amazing. And so these 
These starlings have amazed people. I think we have some video here. We have a, a, a picture of it if you haven't seen it. And scientists have, have been just uh, befuddled by these murmurations. How does it work? There's really two ways that it can work. It can work with a leader who sort of you know, communicates to the rest of the flock from like a top-down mechanism, or it can happen in a different mechanism, a different way. And so recently, in, in 2013, there was a, an aerospace and mechanical engineer who, who uh, with a team of researchers and some physicists from Italy, got together and they took over 400 photos and videos and they put together a, a mathematical model that would sort of identify how these starlings are doing this, how they're actually bobbing and weaving together. And actually, as it turns out, they're not looking toward one leader. They're not looking toward one bird and bobbing and weaving together. The magic number, actually, for these starlings is seven. They're looking at the closest seven birds around them. There's no way that one starling can, can keep an eye on the other 199,000 starlings. They're just focused on the seven closest around them. And those groups of seven touch on other sevens and other individuals, and it, the twists and the turns spread, and from that, a whole murmuration moves. The point is this, when we stay connected with other people around us, we are more likely to experience the Zoe life that God intends, and when it happens, it's all inspiring. You got to stay connected in a small group. One more experience that God invites us to where we can live the Zoe life. I want you to, to know and to be aware that God has a dream. He has a desire for not just you, but for everyone in this world that every second of every day, every single person would know that they are relentlessly and consistently and passionately loved by God and pursued by him. It's his dream that every single person on this planet would experience the Zoe life, life to the full, not just more of the same, but the fullness that he offers. And in a phrase, the dream that God has is that everyone would find their way back to God. And his desire is that, that you would be a part of that dream. And so the third aspect, the third experience of Zoe life is that you would begin to contribute to that dream. That you would risk loving others because God has risked his love for you. Because he has relentlessly and consistently and passionately loved you. I've often wondered about how the prodigal lived from that day forward. Jesus ends the story when the father says, my son that was lost is now found. You ever wonder about that? If Jesus continued telling the story, what the prodigal's life would have been like? I'm willing to bet that he would have never looked on a homeless person the same way again. A person who was hungry and 
just needed help. I'm willing to bet that if anybody bared their soul to, to him and, and shared their, their, their sins and their regrets, that he would have looked on them with judgment. I bet he wouldn't, would have never thought of his father's wealth in the same way. That, that ring on his finger and that robe was symbolic of the father embracing him again, but it wasn't really the, the ring or the robe that changed the son's life. It was the Zoe life that God brought, that the father brought him into. And when you and I experience the Zoe life, it changes our priorities. It changes how we rank the important things in our life. Life becomes about something that is better and bigger and more meaningful than ever before. And so I wanna, I wanna urge you, if you have yet to experience the, the Zoe life, I wanna encourage you to begin to celebrate the fact that you have gone from being lost to now being found. I wanna encourage you to consistently worship with the body and, and to consistently to go to the Lord in prayer and give thanks for your salvation on a regular basis. If you haven't done that, that's the step that you need to take. And if, and if you've done that, but you, you're sort of on the outskirts, you're sort of on the periphery, you're sort of on the boundary, you've sort of got that you know, corporate worship thing going, you're celebrating God, but you know, I'm kind of on my own. I sort of got this whole thing, me and Jesus have our thing, you know, we really don't need other people. That's not the Zoe life that God intends for you. And so the step that you need to take is to get involved in a smaller group. Get involved in a life group. Connect with other people, other Christ followers. That's the important piece there. Other Christ followers in meaningful ways. Not superficial ways, but meaningful ways that transform your life. That's the step that you need to take. And if you've done that, man, I would encourage you to begin to contribute to the dream, the desire that God has that everyone would know the Zoe life. Everyone would find their way back to God. To contribute to the gospel mission of this church, and when you think contribute, you think financially, and yes, of course, I mean that. Tithing is a good thing for you to do. It's not just, it, yes, it keeps the, the lights on, and, and that money goes out globally and locally to, to uh, undergird and support the gospel in all, all parts of this earth, but it's good for you to do that. It's a blessing to you. And so if you're not contributing, I really encourage you to do that for you. You need to do that. But more than just contributing financially, you need to be serving, volunteering your, your time. God has uniquely gifted you with talents, spiritual gifts. He's given you special ability. And if you're not using those, you need to. It's part of the Zoe life to have those things being lived out in your life. And so consider, just sort of take inventory today. Celebrate. If you're not celebrating, you need to do that on a regular, consistent basis. And if you're not connecting, you need to do that. It's part of the Zoe life. Get connected with other people around you so that you will grow and flourish as a believer. And if you're doing that, then begin contributing to the dream of God to the desire of God that everyone would find their way back to God. 
from the little children in the children's ministry that we've been talking about so often. Those little children need to find their way to God. To, to people out here that are struggling, that are in crisis, who need someone to help them find their way back to God. Those are the three experiences that the Zoe life includes. Your new lifelong walk with Jesus is a, is a journey, and you need to know that you're never going to have to travel alone. Unfortunately, some of us do. And so if you found that you've become complacent, if you found that you've, you've sort of decided that you can help yourself and that you've got it figured out and you're checking off these boxes, if you're beginning to look for substitutes in other places, I hope you know what to do now. And that's to make your way back home to make your way back to the Father today, just with a small step, no matter what it is, and find your way back home, because home is where you belong. And be prepared in the years ahead in life to make that turn on that road that you've been straying on over and over and over again. It's part of the Christian walk to make that U-turn of repentance and to go back to the Father for help. Christ is alive in you, and that changes just about everything about you. And a Zoe life, not just more of the same, but the fullness that God offers is available to you. I want you to hear that today. And so I encourage you to find your place among other brothers and sisters here at CFCC. I'll I'll just go ahead and say it. I want you to find your place here among your brothers and sisters at CFCC, but I just want you to find your place among brothers and sisters in a church. I don't care if it's CFCC because I know that that's what God wants for you. I hope it's here because I believe God is moving here and there's a lot of things to celebrate here, but I really just hope it's anywhere for you. Connect with others. Learn from others, contribute alongside others, and make a a difference for the good in marriages, in homes, in schools, in workplaces, and in this community. And together, let's help others find their way back to God. We're going to take communion here this morning, and I'm going to invite our prayer partners and our communion servers to go ahead and prepare their stations and to get in place. We take communion every week, central to who we are. It's a celebration of what God has done, right? So it's such a, a crucial, important part of our life in Christ. And it really is a celebration. I keep reminding you that it's not a funeral dirge. It's okay to smile and laugh and to, to hug others Maybe, maybe this morning you want to you wanna go over and you want to give thanks to someone for what they've done in your life to encourage you. You've seen them struggle and you've seen them continue to worship and you want to celebrate how God has used them. Use this time. It's okay. It's okay to talk. It's okay to enjoy. It's okay to laugh. It's a celebration. And we take communion by uh, dipping the bread. So they'll break off a piece of the bread and... 
the server will say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And then you'll take that piece of bread and you'll dip it into the cup and they'll say, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. And I encourage you this morning to celebrate. Hopefully you can begin to connect with others. Maybe this morning is the start of that. There are life groups that are meeting this afternoon. You know you can sign up. I didn't tell you, but in terms of life groups, you can sign up online today. It's right there in your back pocket. If you haven't done it, just pull it out. Pull out our app. Go to sign up. Click on it and get involved in a group. Maybe that's the step that you're going to take. Maybe it's contributing. Maybe it's making a decision that I'm going to contribute in just this small way. Maybe I'm going to begin tithing because I know, God, even though it it might be hard for me to do, that I know it's what's good for me and I know it's what you want and you want to bless me. And so maybe you make a decision to, to do that today. But here's what I really want to focus on. If you have not yet found your way back to the Father, I want you to make that decision here this morning. There's nothing that we would want to celebrate more than that. And so our prayer partners are in the back. Our prayer partners are right here. They're going to be standing up here in the middle. And I encourage you to, to go to them and just say, hey, listen, I'm ready to make my way back to God. What do I need to do? And our prayer partners will pray with you and, and just hold your hand and walk you right back up to the Father. He's waiting for you. Make a decision here this morning. Don't wait another day to find your way back to God. He's waiting for you with open arms. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are Lord, you're scanning the horizon. Like in that that video, you are just eager for us to come home. And it's our own pride and it's our own, you know, the obstacles that that we perceive, that we put in our own way that keep us from making our way back to you. Thank you for the grace that's available to us. And I pray that the people here today would see that. And they would make their way back to you. And they would find not just a bios life, just going through the motions, but that they would find their way to a Zoe life. A life of fullness. An eternal life that we can live right now. That's rooted deeply in joy and satisfaction in you. I pray that you move in our hearts here today as we celebrate what you've done for us, that you have, you have broken down all those obstacles by the blood of Jesus, that you have, you have torn down all the things that stand in the way by the sacrifice of Jesus. And so we celebrate here this morning that act in communion. Lord, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Lord God, we just thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. We celebrate this. We celebrate this freedom. We go out with joy. We draw close to you, not in condemnation, but in ultimate love and forgiveness. Be with us all this week. In Jesus' name, amen.